Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. It's Thursday, February 20th. I'm Akila Hughes. And I'm Gideon Resnick. And this is What a Day, where the offer is still out to Andrew Yang to join us as a political correspondent. If he doesn't, I don't know how I'm ever going to learn how to do math. I've been using this abacus, and frankly, I'm fucking tired of it. (laughs) On today's show, what you missed at last night's Democratic debate. Last night, six Democratic presidential candidates took the stage in Las Vegas for the ninth debate of this election cycle in the last debate before the Nevada caucuses on Saturday. We heard from former Vice President Joe Biden, former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg, former South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg, as well as Senators Amy Klobuchar, uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Before we get into some of the substance here, let's talk about overall impressions. It was pretty savage. (laughs) Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a really solid debate, I thought, with a lot of contrast going through records. This is how people should choose candidates, ultimately. Yeah, I definitely thought it was the most entertaining debate. So thank you for that. We watch a lot of these and, you know, it gets a little repetitive. So this actually (laughs) felt like we finally got to the meat of it. Um, But also it was for the it was like the first time we saw, you know, where these candidates truly do differ. uh, And also, you know what it looks like when people's teeth come out. So let's start with Senator Warren, who had a major night, especially considering how much she has to prove right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, she she definitely um, was the standout in a lot of different ways. And that's right. I mean, in New Hampshire and Iowa, Warren was solidly pushed out of this top two contender status. And with the Nevada caucus this weekend and then South Carolina and Super Tuesday in quick succession, this is really one of the last opportunities to kind of course correct in this race and and get that momentum back. Yeah. And out the gate, she was like swinging at Bloomberg. Everybody was. We're definitely going to get to it. But she really took him to task on his response to a question about whether his company was a hostile work environment for women, as, you know, has been reported by news outlets who are looking into lawsuits filed against Bloomberg for, you know, alleged crude remarks and other inappropriate behavior. Right. He said he takes reports of sexual harassment seriously and has promoted women into leadership roles at his various organizations. But here was Warren's response to that. I hope you heard what his defense was. I've been nice to some women. (laughs) That just doesn't cut it. The mayor has to stand on his record. And what we need to know is exactly what's lurking out there. He has gotten some number of women, dozens, who knows, to sign non-disclosure agreements, both for sexual harassment and for gender discrimination in the workplace. So, Mr. Mayor, are you willing to release all of those women from those non-disclosure agreements so we can hear their side of the story? A very few non-disclosure agreements. Uh, how many is Let me that? finish. How many is that? None of them accuse me of doing anything other than maybe they didn't like the joke I told. And let me just po- and let me point. There's a be- agreements between two parties that wanted to keep it quiet, and that's up to them. 
No. Yeah. Warren and mm. Biden also in, in this longer exchange went on to push Bloomberg to release any woman who signed NDA so that they could speak out about his behavior. And Warren also pointed out that this isn't just about litigating Bloomberg's character, but about his perceived electability. Mm. The, the point being that if you have a person who could have negative stories come out during the course of an election and mm. a very rich man with, you know, allegations of this sort at uh, prior, at, at, you know, his workplace, right. it, it's similar to Trump. It's harder to draw that contrast. Yeah. And this was the energy that Warren exhibited throughout the debate. And it wasn't all directed at Bloomberg. She repeatedly just went down the line comparing the candidates' plans, setting herself apart, which felt like, you know, that's the actual goal of an event like this. Uh, after all these redundant debates, it's just it was good to see how they're actually all different from one another, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And this seems a lot more in line with how Warren started this campaign, which was assailing billionaires, mm -hmm. than where it's been in the past few months, which has been a little more muddled in terms of what the overall pitch was that she was offering uh, against everybody else. Yeah. And so if Liz was the roast master, it's obvious Bloomberg was the roastee, <laughs> which makes sense. It was his debate debut. The entire field took him to task for his record as mayor of New York. They interrogated his stop and frisk policy. Vice President Biden took the opportunity to invoke Obama's intervention in that policy. Warren again dragged him for his apology regarding that legislated brutality. Mm -hmm. He was asked about redlining and claimed he always thought it was a bad practice, even if the tape we all heard and saw says <laughs> otherwise. Uh, and Sanders pushed back on what he considered a, quote, cheap shot, conflating democratic socialism with outright communism. And Bloomberg didn't shy away from being a capitalist. He leveled with the audience, claiming that most Americans want to live under capitalism. And he took that idea to the brink with his monologue on why he deserves to be a billionaire. So here's that exchange. Billionaires in this country saw an $850 billion increase in their wealth. Congratulations, Mr. Bloomberg. But the average American last year saw less than a 1% increase in his or her income. That's Mayor, wrong. Mayor Bloomberg, should you exist? I can't speak for all billionaires. All I know is I've been very lucky, made a lot of money, and I'm giving it all away to make this country better. And a good chunk of it goes to the Democratic Party as well. Is it too much? Have you earned too much money? Has it been an obscene amount of Should you have earned that much money? Yes. I worked very hard yeah. for it. And I'm giving okay. it away. Right. Thank you. Mm. When, when you get the question, should you exist? I don't <laughs> think things are going swimmingly. Yeah, that's, what, that's a real temp check. All right. Well, for context here, Bloomberg has taken the giving pledge, which means he's promising to give away at least half of his wealth in his lifetime, which is what he wants people to focus on. They are not. His rivals want people to think hard about whether anyone should make this much money, even if they plan to give it away. Uh, another big theme of the night was Buttigieg going after Klobuchar. Uh, these two moderate candidates in the field uh, are, you know, second and third a lot of places. So want to take us through some of the moments where they faced off? Yeah, absolutely. So that's right. It, th these were the guys who these were the candidates who came in second and third in New Hampshire. Obviously still important in that they're moderate candidates who are having difficulty getting voters of color into their coalitions. Mm -hmm. um, in one of the moments, uh, a recent interview with Klobuchar in which she forgot the name of the Mexican president was brought up. And Buttigieg really leaned into that pretty hard, prompting Klobuchar to ask him, quote, are you saying I'm dumb? Are you mocking me here, Pete? Throughout this, a lot of tension. Both of them were essentially doing the Arthur Fist meme in real life. Yeah, so if you're not familiar, it's Arthur. Uh, he's wearing a yellow sweater. He's got his little aardvark fist. 
John Legend looks like him when he wears a <laughs> sweater. That's I don't know what to tell you. Google it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we can only do so much on a pod. But anyway, so here's the second exchange that got even testier on Klobuchar's record with immigration and judges. If you're going to run based on your record of voting in Washington, then you have to own those votes, especially when it comes to immigration. You voted to confirm the head of Customs and Border Protection under Trump, who was one of the architects of the family separation policy. You voted to make English the national language. Do you know the message that sends in as multilingual a state as Nevada to immigrants? You have been unusual among Democrats, I think the Democrat among all of the senators running for president, most likely to vote for Donald Trump's judges, who we know are especially hostile to dreamers and to the rights of immigrants. I wish everyone was as perfect as you, Pete, but let me tell you what it's like to be in the arena. And number one, do the math. If my friend Andrew Yang was up here, that's what he'd say. In fact, I have opposed uh, and not supported two-thirds of the Trump judges, so get your numbers right. And I am in the top 10 to 15 of opposing them. Number two, when it becomes, comes to immigration reform, the things that you are referring to, that official that you are referring to was supported by about half the Democrats, including uh, someone in this room. I mean... Name names, Amy. <laughs> it was wild. At one point, I thought she was asking him to go get a switch. Like <laughs> They just, you know, they're clearly going after each other only. It happened all night. Yeah, it definitely seems like there's something personal between them at this point. <laughs> Buttigieg was mostly right on a number of these claims. Klobuchar was staunchly against the appointments of Supreme Court Justices Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, but voted for more than 56% of Trump judicial nominees who went on to be confirmed, which is higher than many of her colleagues. Mm -hmm. And on the English language section, it was an amendment in 2007 that had to do with federal agencies providing materials in languages other than English. And Klobuchar has disavowed the vote in the years since. And she did vote for the head of CBP, while the two other senators on stage did not. A lot of other Democrats did as well, though. But again, this underscores a broader fight that the two of them have had about what qualifies as good experience. And also that, you know, with so many moderates in the race, by nature of that, they might be fighting over some of the same pool of voters. And Buttigieg wanted to litigate the immigration record in the first state where Latino voters make up a large percentage of the voting bloc. We hadn't heard him talk about this before, so that that seems very targeted. Mm -hmm. um, but there is one person that we haven't talked about that much yet. That's right, Tom Steyer, who had every ad besides Bloomberg during the commercial breaks. Yes, him. We saw a lot of him, even <laughs> if we weren't necessarily asking for it. But also Bernie Sanders. Sanders got questions on a host of topics that he has previously addressed, has experience addressing, Medicare for all, his personal health, whether he's releasing enough medical information, some of his online supporters' behavior, and democratic socialism. And for stretches, there was little attention paid to him by some of the other candidates, despite the fact that he is a current favorite in Nevada and the national poll leader. Buttigieg, notably, was one of the few who kept trying to draw those contrasts when others weren't necessarily doing it. Instead, Sanders was given the chance to gang up on Bloomberg, one of his primary opponents by Super Tuesday, with everyone else who was trying to do the same on stage. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was the getting was good. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> had to just get in on it. Yeah, uh, but there was a telling final question about what should happen with delegates after the primary. The question went like this, quote, should the person with the most delegates at the end of this primary season be the nominee, even if they are short of a majority? Sanders, who is currently most likely to have the most delegates total, if things hold mm -hmm. as, as they are right now, said that he thinks that whoever has the most should win. 
Everyone else said that they wanted to follow the rules of the convention, which could leave the door open for a candidate who maybe came in second or third or fourth to end up as the nominee. But very, very long road ahead. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we just figure out who we want because <laughs> we're all already stressed enough. But where does this leave us? <laughs> well, we have Nevada on Saturday, and there's a decent likelihood that most of the vote there has already been cast with early voting. A lot of people coming out, which is an encouraging sign. So it remains to be seen what, if any, kind of immediate effect this debate would have. But at the same time, very important to note, plenty of people in other places like California, one of the largest and most important states for this primary, are currently early voting still. And lastly, up until now, Bloomberg's polling, the the numbers that we have seen kind of propelling him into second place in some of these national polls, has been based on just this blanketing of money, including ads that have kind of made it seem like Obama had endorsed Mm -hmm. him when no such thing happened. Mm -hmm. What happens now that he was seen like this on a national stage and performed this way? Yeah, we'll have to find out. We're going to have more for you tomorrow on the caucuses in Nevada and then the results that should hopefully come in at some point this weekend, barring another Iowa. And we're going to let you guys leave that one down. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty stores and Ulta.com. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. 
California is expected to sign a resolution to formally apologize for the internment of Japanese Americans during World War II. In 1942, President FDR signed an executive order fueled by xenophobia to incarcerate 120,000 Japanese Americans. President Reagan apologized on behalf of the nation and offered reparations to survivors back in the 80s. Many of the camps were in California, so it's warranted that they'd give their own separate apology. Yeah, cool idea. Reparations. Just put it out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> no reason at all. Black history Month. The California bill also seems to allude to the Trump administration's treatment of Muslim Americans, Iranian Americans, and asylum seekers at the U.S.-Mexico border. It warns that it's important to learn from the mistakes of the past to, quote, ensure that such an assault on freedom will never again happen to any community in the United States. That's right. Any community. Reparation. <laughs> so anyway, things have changed since the early 2010s when crowdfunding usually meant giving your friend $10 so she could make a web series about funny roommates. <laughs> now, 50 million Americans, that's 20% of our country, say they've given to crowdfunding campaigns like GoFundMe and Kickstarter to raise money for medical costs. Eight million started a campaign for themselves. And that's according to a new study from the University of Chicago, which attributed the popularity of these campaigns to rising out-of-pocket health care costs. A different study in The Lancet examined single-payer health care systems like Medicare for All as alternatives to asking strangers for help online. It found that those programs would save Americans $450 billion and prevent 68,000 deaths per year, according to what its authors say are conservative calculations. That's right. People can go back to fun Kickstarters about mm -hmm. their roommates' terrible projects. Uh, <laughs> you might remember last year, pigeons started showing up with cowboy hats in Las Vegas, and everybody loved it. Well, the hat pigeons are back, folks. Only this time, things got a little political. The birds are wearing Trump wigs and MAGA hats now in an apparent show of support for Trump or a devastating slam on Trump. Literally, no one knows. It's very confusing satire. A group called Pigeons United to Interfere Now, or Putin, you get it, uh, <laughs> glued hats on the birds. Please do, do not let them near your pets. Don't do it. Uh, a group of Oregon conservatives want to leave the liberal cesspool called Portland behind and redraw their state's border to put them inside a new conservative megastate known as Greater Idaho. Under the plan called Move Oregon's Border for Greater Idaho, 18 rural counties of Oregon's 36 total would officially become part of Idaho, where they could yell about bathrooms and watch Tim Allen's TV show to their heart's content. The plan has been received warmly by Idaho's Governor Brad Little and Oregon State Rep Gary Leaf, but it would require many, many approvals to be enacted. Last fall, some of the same Oregonians tried to force a recall election against Oregon's Democratic Governor Kate Brown. Bro, with all due respect, you live in the woods. Just like... Go outside, enjoy nature, go swimming or something. Or just use, you know, internet for Tim Allen's show. What's, what's <laughs> the, you still get internet there. And those are the headlines. That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, remove any mean notes that are taped to our backs. I am watching you and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just jokes printed on popsicle sticks like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and that's, that's why, why What a Day, day should, should exist. We should. For the record. Yeah, please exist. <laughs> What a Day is a product of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun is our assistant producer. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our senior producer is Katie Long. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka.
As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Shop chef quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. I'm Jessica Reeves, and I've been analyzing and reporting on extremism for the last 10 years, and I have the gray hair to prove it. Subscribe to our podcast, Extremely, for an always eye-opening look inside the daily work of exposing, fighting, and disrupting all facets of extremism. My co-host, Oren Siegel, and I explore this ever-changing landscape and bring you stories of people and places impacted by extremism, those who fight to protect our communities, and those who offer new perspectives. You can find Extremely wherever you listen to podcasts. 